Today is Saturday, August 8th, and you're listening to the MS is Messy podcast, hosted by yours truly, Kim Alvin. As I said in last week's podcast, my longtime friend and fellow MSer is joining me today. Welcome, Eileen. Thank you. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. I really do. I'm looking forward to it. Good. Um, I just wanted to ask you a few questions, and you know, we we've talked for for years but um these are things some of the things i don't even remember because we were just talking about our memories are so bad at this point but uh i certainly can't remember what happened 23 years ago but but when and where did we meet exactly we met through terry costable oh we did who lived in my neighborhood at that point and she was friends with you i guess um and she had told me she i was diagnosed for I don't know how many, just a, a few years at that yeah. point. And she said, oh, I have a friend with MS too. I want to get you guys together. And then, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Because mm -hmm. I, I just recently became Facebook friends with her. Oh, and, really? I, and I didn't realize that. And then she started doing my nails. So I came over to the neighborhood. Remember, she did right. nails out of her house. Right. <laughs> yeah, her husband uh, is... Uh, it was really good friends with my husband. They, they all went to high school together. So that's funny. Okay. I, I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was 20... 23 years ago, right? The, um, about, yeah, about, and so what, so had I started this support group yet or had we just talked about doing it together? You had not started it yet. We were, you told me all about it when we first met. Okay. And I thought, oh, that was a great idea, you know? So yeah. uh, then you started it and I started going with it, going to it. And it, it was, it was really good because most of the support groups I had not like I had been to very many but the ones I had been to it was so depressing and so right just it felt like a weight on your shoulders and, right and it wasn't like that with your so right right well plus we offered and we all both had kids the same age little exactly. kids so, so we nice offered yeah it was nice yeah. to have the free daycare you know yeah. definitely so yeah I couldn't remember if I'd already started but I remember you being at the very first meeting so yeah, I, was. I must have just started talking about having it and then right. yeah. when I met you so that that worked out good well, good. That's great. I couldn't remember. Um, so tell the listeners about your MS journey. Gosh, my MS journey. Um, I was diagnosed after my third baby was born. Uh, actually, the day after she was born, my I couldn't feel my feet. My legs were numb and tingly. And, you know, uh, the day after? The day after. Actually, on the way to the hospital, to when my husband was coming, I made him stop and buy me new shoes because my feet felt so weird. And wow. Like, my feet are swollen, but my feet weren't swollen. It right. Just, they just felt so strange. And um, from there, I just started, you know, I went to the to my regular family practice doctor. Um, and he, he was like, well, you know, it could be this, could be that, could be a lot of things. It could be just pregnancy. You know, you just had a baby. He said it could be MS. Oh, know, he did he, say that? He did say that. Wow. Yeah. But he also said, not a, he, he wasn't good. He gave me really dreary outlook on it. Um, he wasn't a neurologist then? No, he was just a family practice okay. doctor, just a regular doctor. Yeah. Um, it, he's, yeah, he was not the greatest. But um, from there, I went to Mayo Clinic. Oh. And um, they didn't diagnose me, but they said it looks like it after Mayo Clinic, I went to University of Chicago and that's where I was diagnosed. And so that was probably August of 97. August of 97. And I was diagnosed just a few months before that. Um, well, December of 96. Um, but actually, you know, yeah, right around just a few months before that I had yeah. been diagnosed. But yeah, I mean, because so you're 
your youngest is how old now? She just turned 23. Yeah, and Matthew is 24. So uh, I had I've been diagnosed just a few months after he was after born. He was born. Yeah. See, that's what they say that you. Yeah. Well, you but I mean, there, there's been lots of studies about that too. I don't know what the outcome has been, but the the role in estrogen um, in MS because so many people had the same story. I don't know if you remember when we first started the group, we had like five of us who had been diagnosed after their third child. Oh, really? No, yeah. Yeah. There that. was another, there was, and I just, I just remember that because it was so shocking to me that, you know, like, that, that says something. Yeah. That know? says something. So yeah. No, with each of my pregnancies, I had strange things. Like I would, at one point I was with one of my pregnancies, I was seeing ceiling fans above me. It looked like there was constantly something so they thought I tore my retina but I had no pain it was nothing like right. that and it just went away so right. I don't know what that was but with all three of my pregnancies I had strange things wow that would you know what were from some of your first symptoms when you were think you know what at the very beginning at the very beginning um I can go back to high school and, oh really and say things with my vision things with just I my my walking everything I was just always awkward mm -hmm. you know? uh, and my vision was stands out to me but then when I was early 20s my legs were numb and tingly um, and I, that I had gone to several doctors I don't know I ended up going to a dentist they said that there was something with the trigeminal nerve that was affecting down in my legs I don't know why but yeah. um, Wow. Didn't do anything with it. Went away. Got better, and uh -huh. and then it went on to being pregnant, and you know had right uh, different symptoms with each pregnancy. Wow. So no, you 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 talked about your eyesight. Can you go into that a little bit more? Like what happened with your eyesight when you were? It got progressively worse. Um, my right eye now. It used to be that my vision would shake. It would just feel like it was real shaky. Right. Um. Then I got a blind spot where my my right eye I have I have to move my head around. I still have to, you know, if I'm looking at something, I can see it. If I go like that, I can't. Oh like really? That, I can't. Yeah. Uh -huh. So that's why a lot of times if I'm talking to somebody, I'm moving my head around. They probably think right, right. right. But you know, I have to to put something in my field of vision. Did you ever lose it to altogether? No. Okay. And it's only been my right eye that's been affected. Oh. But, and it is, it's kind of the central area. Right. But if I just move my head a little bit, then I, then I can see whatever it is that I'm looking at. Yeah. Well, I just find it so interesting because I know a lot of people are diagnosed with from vision that, problems, yeah. for vision problems, you know, and, and, you know, Matthew's going to be an optometrist. And um, I know that, you know, he's learning all about it because he, you know, I think it's important to him to be able to to diagnose people. I, mean, I think a lot of diseases are diagnosed that way. I didn't realize. Yeah, no, I didn't either. You know, what, yeah. what do they say? The eyes are the window to the soul, or something like that. Yeah, but so it must true. be true. Um, so, so, so continue on on your MS journey. So, okay. Well, I had the after my daughter was born, my third child was born, and then I was diagnosed. You know, I did pretty well for the first several years. It, I would have an attack, go on steroids, get better. Um, you had the relapse and remitting. Relapse and remitting, right. Um, and anytime I had an attack, obviously my vision would get worse, my walking would get worse, my balance, I would just be looking like I'm drunk, you know, falling yeah. all over the place. Um, my coordination, my hands, coordination, all of that would be off, go on steroids, it would get better. Now, over the years, 
steroids made it better, but didn't didn't make it 100% better. Right, right. Didn't last. Right. Were you on any disease modifying drugs right away? Over the years, I've been on so many. I've been on beta seron, Abinex, Copaxone, Rebif, Tecfidera. Um, Jelenia ever? Not Jelenia. Okay. Um, I, I think there was nine that I had tried. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, I tried. Yeah, you sound like me. Right. And either I would have bad reactions. Right. Um, or it didn't do anything for me. I mean, if I had bad reactions, I would be so, you know, I would take it one day, I would be so sick the next day, and then I got to take it again the right, right. day after. Like, okay, this is no way to live. Right. I can't do it. Right. When I, I did a podcast on that, when the cure is worse than the, than the disease, because I had the same problem with beta, with this, beta serum. It was right. so bad. Beta was the first one that yep. started. And actually, I went to, the, to my neurologist at that point, University of Chicago, and I said, I can't do this. I feel like I'm on drugs. And he said, you well, are. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. but he switched me to Avonex, which was better. I still felt yucky, but yeah. it was better. Yeah. So how long did you stay on Avonex? Avonex I was on for probably that first time uh, a couple years, uh -huh. a couple years. Yeah. And then I switched, gosh, I, I can't you even can't remember, remember the timeline the, of why. Yeah. You never so went on to Sabri. Or... I was on Thai Sabri. Oh, you were? I was okay. on Thai Sabri. And then I was JC positive. Uh -huh. So uh, I got off of Thai Sabri. Um, I tried Tecfidera. That was very short-lived. Yeah, same here. That was the pill, right? Yeah. That was, yeah, that was very short-lived. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I was on nine. What about Rebif? Rebif I took. Right, I took that for a pretty long time. I didn't really... I didn't get any relief from symptoms. It, did it slow things down? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have good luck with Copaxin? Because I think you and I were on Copaxin at the same time. At the same time. Yeah. It. Like that feeling. Um, yeah. But, so no, I didn't see any improvements with any of them. Right. So, Tysabri was, as far as feeling better, Tysabri was the best one, but then I was JC positive. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to take that chance. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. PML. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, I know. To, and, and the same thing with Tysabri with me, as you know, it attacked my blood. Right. Oh, that's and true. I ended up, you know, getting uh, having a hemoglobin count of three. So very close to dying from oh. from that drug. And all of these drugs, you know, we're, we, we have the same kind of, um, uh, lack of tolerance of drugs react to anything but yeah. they're all they're all pretty strong drugs you know and it, it's always interesting to me that they the dosage for somebody our say, size is the same as somebody who is much larger exactly than us, you know so it needs to be yeah um, it seems to me that it should be dosed by your right by your weight mass. yeah that makes sense i didn't think about that but you're yeah. right i didn't think about that so um so so continue on and after after you stopped doing any drugs then what'd you do yeah well i had always not always but for a few years i had been thinking somewhere in here stem cells are going to be an answer to this i mm -hmm. bet and i even asked my neurologist so i was still going to university of chicago to my neurologist and i asked him what about stem cells and he was like oh maybe but yeah. he was very non-committal about right. it like huh we don't know and then I started researching it on my own, and I found at Northwestern, um, Dr. Burt was doing this HSCT, 
Um, so I looked at, into it on my own. I went back to my doctor at University of Chicago and said, I, you know, I actually went in for an appointment and I said, Tony Reader, I mean, not Tony Reader, Richard Burt. Right, and he yeah. said, um, Northwestern, stem cells, do it. And I was like, well, why didn't you tell me this yeah. before? How long it had been going on when, when had it only been going on for a short time, right? The, the trial? Yeah, yeah. No, the trial had been going on for 20 years. Oh, wow. I didn't been, know that. Right. It had been around for a long time. Um, when I, why we never heard about it, never knew anything. I mean, because you and I both did a pretty good job of staying on top of staying things. Staying on top and researching things, but. Well, maybe because it was such a hard thing to get into number one and number two maybe because we were relapsing remitting and maybe weren't at that point well and at some point like years ago when my kids were little and everything would I have been willing to go through that because it's a hard it's a hard procedure that you're going through it's a hard thing would I have been willing to I don't know my kids are young yeah well, I don't know right well we're, I'm gonna well I want to go into that more in just a second um, because I, I think you know some listeners would be interested in, in hearing the, the links that you went to to get that. Um, so what have been your biggest fears and frustrations since being di diagnosed with MS all those years ago? My fears and well, frustrations are just that always just so tired. I just couldn't even function. Right. I couldn't, um, my kids would go to school in the morning and I'd go home and go back to bed. You right. Know, I'm just so tired. Um, Obviously, my my vision and my walking, because I I don't know, was that embarrassing for my kids to see me walking, you know, like I'm drunk? Um, Probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's, it's just exhausting to be always like that, to be always just off, you know, you're right. trying to keep your body in line. And when you, when you don't have something like this, it's just so, you take it for granted that I can just walk across the room. Well, it's not that simple, right. you know. We can, I know, and I know you can relate to this. It's like I will be heading somewhere, and you're going somewhere, and I'm else. going, and, I, and, I, and and if somebody cuts in front of me, I can't stop because right. I'm like on a path, and I'm like that. I'm going in that direction, and, and I can't be interrupted. So, kids, small kids, and dogs scare mm -hmm. the crap out of me because they're always just darting, you know. Right. So, I'm always a little nervous about that. I don't know if you have the same issues, but oh, I totally have that same. Or yeah, anything that's left on the floor, I'm gonna trip over it. Right. That's what I've said before. If somebody else would trip, I'm gonna fall. You know, if right, somebody right. would just, oh, look at that, I'm gonna trip. You right. know, it's gonna. I'm always gonna take it to the extreme. I don't mean to. It's right. just. It is what it is. It is what it is. Well, um, you know, I know that's interesting because you know, all of my kids leave their shoes exactly where you know they come in the door and they leave them, and I'm like, I'm always like. Put your shoes away. I mean, I'm I'm a get freak about that. Yeah. You know, get them out of the way. And same with rugs and you know, not being a trip hazard. But when the kids were little, their toys, I would just grab their toys and just throw them down in the basement because it's like they were just laying everywhere. And it's you know, I was always trying to prevent and that's myself. A hazard for it's you. a very very much yeah. a hazard. And I, you know, I think they thought I was crazy, but I just I was always trying to prevent falling. You know, so that's interesting that you said that. Um, what about um, what about fears? You know, I was, I've always been afraid. I guess I've always been afraid it's going to kill me. Yeah. It's, you know, somewhere down the line, something about it 
is gonna it, it will kill me um i don't have that feeling anymore and right. that was a huge thing for me after hsct that took that feeling away yeah i still feel i still have the awkwardness and the you know the balance problems and all of that stuff yeah um but yeah i guess my fears have what when my kids were young i was always afraid i'm not going to be here for them i'm not going to be able to do anything with them right i'm not going to be able to participate and th that was hard too because there were times i couldn't participate i right. couldn't walk across a field i couldn't right um, right right yeah i know that's that's something. probably the hardest part is is being a a young mother and, and kids they don't you know you're just mom you know right. so right. they're not they're not thinking well you, you can't do this or you can't do that you know until they get you. older and be more everybody's mom can do exactly that. exactly there's one and they just want you to be like everybody else's exactly mom. And, and, and as we want to exactly so, you know. exactly we want the same thing but yeah that's interesting um so t you, you know you talked about hsct i'm sorry i said it wrong uh, hsct so tell us exactly what that stands for hematopoietic stem cell transplant okay which is kind of deceiving because it's not the stem cells that do it it's the chemo because you have chemotherapy right um, before it and it's the chemotherapy that that does the work right um, the stem cells are just there to help your blood recover faster oh okay so I mean, I guess apparently from, I'm not a medical person, but apparently you're, you would recover just fine. It would just take longer. Oh, really? Without getting the stem cells too. You know, it's just the... Oh, that just kind of speeds up the process. It just speeds up the... Well, talk about like how you, you, you heard about it through Tony Reader. No, I didn't. I oh, found you, out about it Oh, you found it yourself. yourself. Right. Okay. Okay. So, and Tony Reader said you could do it. Um, tell me, tell everybody about the process of doing it. Of getting into of it. being in getting into it yeah I um, had contacted dr. Burt's office and filled out all the paperwork and stuff to apply I got rejected the first time after I got rejected I called Tony reader and said can because well because um, Northwestern said you you've had it for too long you probably don't have any enhancing lesions any active lesions so I called Tony Reader and said, can you get me in for an MRI? So he did, and it showed active lesions. So I sent that back to Dr. Burt's office, and they said, okay, we'll see you for a, just to check and see if you qualify for the thing. Um, I was a nervous wreck to go in there with the appointment with, uh, with Dr. Burt, but he did all the testing and checked my balance and everything, and he said he would do it, and I, I'm surprised that I didn't pass out right there because yeah. it was just, I was thrilled. Oh, I bet. Um, and that was in August of night of 2016. And then I had, I started in December. Right. Right. Procedure. So started, what do you, what, what exactly? At first you do um, one day of chemo mm -hmm. and then you go home for, I don't know, for 10 days or something like that. Your hair starts to fall out. Um, and then you go into the hospital for a month. Um, where they're doing, I think it was, I think it was five days, five or eight days of chemo, wipe out your immune system, get you down to zero, um, neutropenic, everything. Uh, and then they've taken out your stem cells already. So, and then at that point they reinfuse your, your own stem cells back into you. Mm -hmm. Your body starts to build back up with the idea. I guess it's the T cells and the B cells that they're trying to wipe out. Right. At that point you're, um, your body just 
that's what is causing the LMS apparently. And then at that point, your body just rebuilds a new immune system without the MS. Now, I can't say I don't have MS. I do. I have 20, whatever, 23 years of damage from it. So right, right. I still have, but it's not active. I don't have any, I'm not having any attacks. I'm not on any MS meds. I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not, um, it, it's interesting because people think, oh, well, that should have taken it away. It didn't take it away. I still have all that, yeah. you know, all those years of damage. So I still have the symptoms. Some of them are better. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, you know, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, I, I was, of course, following along with your, and on your journey. And right. some people say, I've been healed from MS, you know. Some and, people do, right. And it's like, really? You know, I mean... I found that kind of hard to believe, but I think I think it really, like you said, depends on the the, the stage that you are in your in right. your disease. Well, that at one point, Dr. Burt actually that first initial meeting with him, he said, "I wish I had gotten to you ten years ago." Oh, really? So you know, it, because I do think at some point in your disease, they can stop it. You know, I feel in the way I think of it, I feel like it it took me back. 10 years like it put me back in the in the the earlier in the, years in the earlier years you know so because I'm sure you too you can go back and say oh well five years ago I was better than not you know like I do that now I do that month a month, a month, a month ago I was I was able to walk and I was able to do that I was able you know I mean it's ha right. it's happening feels like it's progressing it's so fast now right you know that that's it's like a, almost a daily thing you know like oh my gosh I was able to do that just last week and what happened happen. right and that's what I feel like HSCT did for me like it gave me back probably 10 years like yeah. it took me back and and I think that's why Dr. Bird had said I wish we had gotten to you 10 years ago well I didn't know yeah <laughs> I didn't know this was there yeah so I, I wish they had too but Everything happens for a reason, you know. Like I said, would I have done it to, right. you know, when my kids were little? Because it, you know, you're in the hospital for a month. It's right. a long recovery, that, and the recovery is hard. The procedure itself is hard. Recovery is hard. Would I have done it? I don't know. Well, the whole process was probably like a two-year thing, don't you think? From oh, when you started, when you started applying, and and the whole process was probably two years at least. Don't yeah. You think? Well, I started applying. I got rejected applied again then had the initial appointment and then started on the whole chemo thing and then once you have the procedure then you're kind of on lockdown like this whole coronavirus um, pandemic thing yeah. has been like okay I can do that I've already done that yeah. you know like the whole mask and staying away from people right I, you know yeah I we're, did that we're experts at that yeah, I know. It hasn't been as hard on me either. Yes, we're we're right. both kind of homebodies anyway. Well, and, exactly. You know, it's not big shoppers. No. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, it's interesting, you know, that you went through it. And then, you know, I follow Selma Blair, too. And, you know, mm -hmm. she she went through it. Um, and, you know, I, I, it's so great because I see her getting better. You know, mm -hmm. her, her voice is still a little shaky. I mean, I, you know, I almost wonder if she didn't have progressive you know, as bad as it was she, right? at the no. beginning, but she seems to be doing, you know, pretty well or, you know, getting better. Um, so it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's been amazing just to see, and you're definitely doing great. I mean, I, I think a lot of people would Well, like I said, I still have it. I can tell, you know, yeah. obviously anybody can tell I still have it, Yeah. but, but I do, I feel better. I, I think I'm doing better. Yeah. Well, you don't need a, you don't need a cane or, you know, well, if I'm going 
a long distance as I do. Yeah. If I'm going to be walking very far, then I do. Yeah. Or a sh- if I'm in a, in a store, I have a shopping cart. Yeah. You know, that, something like that to help me. What um, what what other symptoms do you still have even after the procedure? I, well, my wonky gait and my balance issues. So one thing that happened while I was in the hospital, my hands got numb and tingling. I kept telling them something's up with my hands. It was the chemo that was making, and my hands still feel like that. My hands still feel numb. Oh, do they? So yeah, that didn't come back. Does it affect the, you being able to open things? Oh or? yeah. Oh, it does. Oh yeah, really does. It's funny that you say that because I just last week I ordered an Apple Watch. Uh-huh. Well, the the latch on there is I can't do it with my hands. I can't. So I was like, okay, forget this. I got to go back to a Fitbit because I yeah. can I can hook that. But the Apple Watch, the just the mechanism there, I couldn't. Right. I couldn't do it. I, I said I'd be telling somebody every day, can you put my watch on for me? You know? Yeah. Wow. I know that's amazing. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I think it's important for people to know, you know, depending on what stage they are in the MS, that, you know, this is this is a, this HSCT is a possibility, but just to be not to have the hopes that the MS is going to go gonna away, go away, right? And that's, you know, even my not my husband and my kids, but my my family, my my mom was still alive at that point, and my um, siblings, um you know, oh, well, it should be gone. You you had this, you did this, it should be gone. It's not gone. It's not, you know. Right, right. Well, know. and they, and he had warned you. He said, whatever you've lost, it's not necessarily going to come necessarily back. It's not going to come back, right? Yeah. Right. And you want it to. Oh, and, yeah. You know, I mean, and some things are, are so much better, but some things aren't, you know, and yeah. some things stay the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, on a personal note, what I admire about you the most is you have always, since the day I met you, gone for anything i mean we remember we were at the i don't even remember Pro-care what that procarin yeah that drug that we uh that we were uh determined was going to help us with what, our energy levels that we, it was lotion it was something no there was another one that we did for energy that was a pill but then we went to there was some kind of a cream that we put on our arms and then put a patch on your arm i don't know what we thought well there were so do. many and I, I think both of us has gotten a little smarter after 23 years, but there were so many people throwing out these, bee, I mean, bee stings. Right. Um, I, I wouldn't do that. You had, I think you did that. I mean, no, I didn't do it. You didn't do it either, but you were talking about I it. About yeah, it. Yeah, but you, there was so many different things out there. And, you know, and I think I think people are a little bit more savvy to the fact that not everything you see on the internet is right. correct. You can't just, yeah. yeah. You can't just, uh, it's not that easy. It's not a simple thing. And I, I still do take offense at people who say, oh, you know, just do this and you'll, your MS will be gone. It's like, it was exactly. that easy. Yeah. If you just, if you were vegan, then it would right, go right. away. Or if you did this, it's like, right. And it does, and it does. I don't know about you, but it makes me feel like, like a failure. Like I'm not doing enough. And I feel like I'm do, I, I wake up every single day trying to do as much as I can. Right. You know, and, and, but there's, you know, there's always someone who said, well, if you just do this, maybe better. People just really can't, they can't understand. Right. They, right. If they haven't walked in our shoes, right. literally, you know, they, they really can't. No, no, I know it's, it's not their fault. It's just, it's not that simple. But it's not that right. black and It's white. frustrating to us. It's very frustrating. Yeah, it is. It is definitely. Um, you, you mentioned your, your husband and kids, but how do you think the MS has affected your family? You know, I try to, and I know you do too. I try to always look at the positive side, try to be positive about everything. And um, it's hard, it's hard to be positive. I think um, for my husband, I think it's been hard because 
I'm not working. I'm not, you know, kind of like, well, what are you doing? You know, right, right. so I think it, it is hard on him. Um, and again, he, he understands it, but he doesn't, he, right. you know, he can't get it like that for my kids. If I try to look at, uh, did MS do anything good for me? I think it gave my kids empathy. I think it taught, totally. my, it taught my kids to be, to not judge people and to mm -hmm. be empathetic towards other people. Yeah. It was hard on them. I know right. it was hard on them, but you know, if I can look at anything what they gained from it. it right anything good that came out of it i think that well your daughter even your oldest she won a scholarship for the national mess society right she did yeah that was great yeah, because an essay that she wrote about right and she spoke at the mess luncheon thing, yeah so yeah no she did and i mean i think they've all gained a lot of knowledge and they've learned about it and they still to this day they worry about me with this coronavirus they're all oh, yeah. they're all afraid to be around me and yeah like, oh we don't want to no, because my immune system is still like if I get sick, my symptoms still come back. Right. So. Yeah. No, I know. I, I it's like uh, you know, you know, you hear people. Well, just you know, just so what? I'll get sick and it'll be fine. And you know, it's it, that's not the point. We don't. We can't take that. It's like playing Russian roulette. We can't take the chance we that if we get it, that it's not going to be bad. You know, well, or kill us. That's the thing with now after HSCT. If I get sick, I do get my symptoms come back and I start walking even worse and it's, I can't hardly walk. Like I want to crawl to the bathroom, um, but it gets better. So, but then it, it does go away where before it would just start a whole relapse and I would have to get steroids and go through the whole thing. And no, right. don't, it's not, but I'm scared every time. Like, well, what if it doesn't get better this time? You know? Oh, I know. I, I, that's, that, that's my number one fear. Cause every time I have a, a bad day, I think, this is it. This is the, my life. This you is know? right. Well, it, that's very true right yeah. here. This is my life. This yeah, is, this is my life or this is how it's going to be for, for then on. Unfortunately, it used to be, you know, in, in the early days it used to be I'd have a bad day every one, one or two weeks. You know, I'd have a bad, a bad day. And now it's the opposite. It's like I'll have a good day every one or, one and or two weeks. And, and I notice it. Like, oh, it's yeah, exciting. Yeah, I'm having a day. great day. Yeah. I have energy. and Yeah. You but know, you don't even want to say that because I'm going to jinx it. Exactly, gonna... exactly. Or I'm not going to the bathroom every 10 minutes or, you know, whatever the case Some may be. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I know that you, you and I have, have shared, we both have bladder issues with this. You have the opposite problem where you, you can go all day and not have to go. And, right. Well, I can't go on my own. Right, right. 